time for everything. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3, there is a time for everything under the sun. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. I tend to get nervous and avoid contact after I mess up in front of people. It was my coping mechanism for bullying in school. If they started anything, I would just walk away and hide. But the Bible says that God has set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. That really puts things into perspective. It feels like a zoom out. When you see things from an eternal perspective, it's easier to love, it's easier to forgive, and it's easy to have compassion on people's brokenness. And it's easy to see that your life is just a boat in a vast ocean. And if God is with you in it, you have peace that keeps you from being stuck in the past, but also keeps you from being anxious for tomorrow. There is a time for everything. Hi, sweets. Welcome to another episode of Thoughts Cafe. If you're a new listener, glad to have you here. An old listener, thank you so, so much for the support and taking time out to listen. I appreciate all of you. This episode is like a TED Talk, Dear Diary kind of episode. And I would be talking about my struggles with depression, anxiety, um, bullying, things that ultimately resulted in unhappiness. And you know, usually a TED Talk is scripted and carefully rehearsed to either be sophisticated or for the speaker to let their points come across well please don't have such expectations not to say it would not be structured but i am just talking off the top of my head and allowing myself to be a teeny weeny bit vulnerable fun fact The title Battle for Happiness is coming from a Korean drama that I'm currently watching. It's a series and um, I will also not tolerate any K-drama slander. So for all the scene in the head to skill in K-drama, I see you. But um, (laughs) K-drama is the real deal. And um, this series I'm currently watching, I could relate with the analogy of the theme and the plot and although it's on another dramatic level as compared to real life um i thought it fits for the title for this episode um anyways let's talk dear dying i don't even know where to start from Life definitely has a lot of changing scenes and I for one I have 
been through it. And to make this conversation more structured, I think we'll talk in phases. So phase one would be on depression. And the underlining verses for this phase would be Isaiah forty three eighteen and Proverbs twenty three twenty six, which you understand the reason behind it soon. So I broke from depression just two years ago by the grace of God. And um I was depressed for as long as I could remember. I grew up scared of everything and everyone. I felt undeserving of anything. Um I just wanted to be internally happy and at peace but nothing was working. I was very much suicidal. A lot of people didn't know that because I was quite good at putting up a front and I thought trying to be a hard girl would show that I was strong. But I was far from that. I was so suicidal to the extent that I began doing research on the easiest way to take my life because I was afraid of pain and I didn't want to feel it. And you know how, like, if you're an overthinker, you or you're someone who likes structure, like, likes things being done according to how you've planned it. I just kept thinking that, okay, so what if I jump from a balcony or something and I don't lose my life? Like, rather, I end up being paralyzed and I have to live without having legs. Like, things like that, that's what kept going through my mind. That what if the job is not complete and it doesn't follow through and I end up being alive even after I have tried and these thoughts were the reason why I started to look for the easiest way so these thoughts were the reasons why I tried to look for the easiest way to take my life because I didn't want to feel pain and um, waking up every day was hard because nothing was getting better was the same routine the only different thing was the name of the days, be it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. But it was the same old unhappiness each day. And I was too afraid to ask for help, not even because of judgments, but I didn't want anyone to stop me. And after years of contemplating killing myself, I ended up rather begging God to take my life. Because I was just miserable and my mind was a battlefield. I didn't see the purpose of living since I couldn't see my value. And clearly, God didn't mind me because I'm still here. <laughs> and I'm grateful to still be here. Um, I got tired of asking him to take me away because I was afraid to take my, take my life away myself. So I just continued living life like it was a routine. And to the main question of why was I unhappy? It was concerning so many things. As I said in the True Beauty episode, um, for those who don't know what that is, that's episode three. My outer image was one. I was bullied in school for the longest time. And it wasn't just like 
boys bully me was also girls and um it was like there were different examples there were days where like the guys would literally laugh and um remind me that i'm a rectangle or there was a situation where they went to call my little sister and told her that she's so unlucky to have me as a sister because i'm ugly and that um I'm malnourished, I'm this, I'm that. And my sister just lives, like, my sister pulled me away and lived. And I myself, I don't even know why I followed them to listen to what they had to say to my sister. Um, like, they would make names or lists, sorry. They will make lists of the girls in, cla- in the class and remind those who weren't part of it, why they were not part of it, things like that. Um, there were different examples of how my outer image was, how I was downgraded, um, for lack of a better word. And people didn't even realize they were bullying me or others because back in the day, it was simply called being mean. And another instance, I remember one day a classmate and I were arguing, I can't remember what exactly the reasoning was but i remember her clique just sprang up on me and it was chaotic and at the end as usual i said sorry first because i just wanted my peace although i didn't know why that had to happen and these people claimed that they had accepted my apology and little did i know that they were just laughing behind my back and I was oblivious of what they were wittingly saying that watch out for part two. Looking back, I just think they were drama lovers because nothing makes sense when I think about it. And it was this incident that, like, I realized I just couldn't take it anymore. Like, I had reached a breaking point or already before prior to it. I was sad but of about so many things but it was like the whole incident just didn't make sense and I just felt like the whole world hated me no matter what I did if I breathed um if I walk if I talk I was still going to be hated upon um so this particular incident I went to the washroom to cry because yet again I was trying to act tough and I didn't want anyone to see me. Little did I know that the people in the clique had seen me anyways. And one of the girls in the clique literally climbed the door of the washroom I was in to look at me and laugh at me and ask me, why am I crying? And I mean, luckily for me, by then I had wiped my tears away. But I didn't see how they found that funny to the extent that somebody was sent to climb the washroom door to come and look at me and laugh. Like, it just, it broke me. And um, I didn't want to go back to school. I, I, I didn't want to see anyone. I couldn't tell my parents that this was happening at school. I also didn't have a close relationship with God, although... I was born in a Christian home 
um, I I just knew God because that's what I was brought up in. But there was no close relationship. And my best remedy for situations like that was to sleep and dream of life being great and me doing amazing things and me having friends and being loved etc and um to think that this particular scenario had ended it hadn't there was more to it the next day i heard people were making fun of me on facebook and in my home at the time there was a no social media rule until i was older but i decided to overlook my parents rule and i ignored my parents rule and created a facebook account which I wish I didn't, but lo and behold, these people were making fun of me in the comments section and couldn't wait for a part two of a fight that, like, if I look back, I really don't understand how that even happened. Um, And I had already apologized after not doing anything. And young as I was, my solution to this back and forth situation was to retaliate i wanted to seem strong i wanted to look like it wasn't getting to me and so the next day i insulted one of the girls out of anger and unfortunately unfortunately god created me to be someone who has a really strong conscience and so even after i did that it did not last more than five minutes i went back to apologize for insulting the girl and um the damage had already been done because that just added more fuel to the fire i was drowning my sorrows and thoughts over what i had just done knowing that like it was going to even make things way worse and all i can say about this particular scenario was i thank god for my sister because I know I couldn't have done this life thing being an only child and she was just comforting to me and kept reminding me and encouraging me that these people aren't worth it. And you know how I usually see this as a joke that firstborns are the experiment child. But <laughs> as much as I felt that we I'm grateful that I had a sister of that nature who had my back and was there for me. And before I continue, let me just insert this statement. Please don't belittle anyone's experience or emotions when you're not the one wearing the shoes because it may seem like, why would you cry over this? Why would you be Pressed over boys making fun of you, girls making fun of you. Why this? Why that? Like you're so soft. Da, 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 da. I know people are judgmental, and some people will be like, ah, this small thing. But as I said, I would only mention a few examples because I'm not really. I don't want to be too vulnerable, and I also don't. It's a public space, so I don't want to talk too much because. At the end of the day, these people have, most of them have come to apologize to me um, after 
all that into out of respect for them i don't want to go into too much details um so yeah please don't be judgmental when you're not the one wearing the shoes moving on there was another day that there was a class reshuffling where when we were promoted in high school and um i was personally glad that there was a reshuffling of classes because i didn't have a friend in the first class i was in and um at that stage people had already formed cliques and i didn't really know how to make friends easily so i felt uncomfortable in the first class and i already felt like everyone hated me which wasn't true but that's how i saw the world and when the reshuffling was done i was sent into a better class in my opinion and and um even before i entered the class i didn't even step foot i was walking towards the door and one of my mates threw a fit because she didn't want me in her class mind you this person and i really had interactions but she just didn't like me and in that little mind of mine it was just evidence again for me that i'm not supposed to be alive and nobody will ever like me as a person and um it just really got to me there was another time where the boys in my class took my lunchbox and they put the whole thing in the bin and my first reaction was to threaten them by saying i was going to tell the teacher which i did however she rather told me to take it from the bin by myself that i don't like eating anyway so what's my problem and imagine a little girl hearing all these things or going through bits and pieces of mean people every single day like it may sound like i'm capping but it was like i could not go a day without being sad about something and like i literally had a space in my diary um i had this cute hello kitty diary and i had a space there to like i had a i drew like a box to tick if i could ever go through a day without being sad or without anyone being mean to me or anything of that sort i would take that box for 10 plus years that box was never taken because there was always a day where i'm either being blasted by my teacher not that like i was a bad student like blasted in the sense that they would compare me to my little sister um i'll get to that soon or being made fun of by my classmates or being reminded every day of how imperfect i was in the eyes of the people and um it just got to me it really really got to me and that's just a tip of the iceberg it didn't stop when my mates as i said um my sister and i had a classes teacher who used to compare us and mind you i wasn't even close to the last position in class i was usually rotating from fourth fifth seventh 
it was only once that I was 10th. Like, I was not below 10th. I wasn't that kind of kid. And um, so I knew I was smart. But obviously, when you have a teacher who compares you daily, every time you have classes, or tells you... Um, and my sister isn't my age mate for context. She is... We are three years apart. And... Um, I knew my sister was an academia kind of kid. That one, there's no two ways about it. But the way the teacher used to compare the two of us, it just made me feel like I wasn't good enough. Or it just kept reminding me of how my sister was better. And not that, like, that made, that brought up, like, uh, a bridge in the relationship my stan and I had is just it's like I just feel like <clears throat> I could never be here or I could never be good in the eyes of teachers and things like that and I would cry and ask God why I was the older one why he made me floored that I'm not beautiful I'm not smart I'm not wanted, I'm hated in every space I'm in. Like, what's the point of still being here? Things like that. And I assumed, like, as a result of all this, I assumed happiness wasn't my portion and that some people were just placeholders and I was never meant to be happy in this life and nothing was ever going to change for me. And so, at a point, I just decided to accept that, okay, maybe I'm a placeholder. I'm supposed to live life like a sad person. It's not everybody who's meant to be happy. I mean, it may sound dumb, but in a childlike mind, when you go through such things, you just feel like, okay, then this is it. This is how life is going to be for me. And it it was a lot for me. Um, Senior high was the next stage in my life and I honestly didn't have high expectations I just wanted to get over it I couldn't wait to be done and it was this it was at this stage that my eyes were open to so many things my first year was hectic um I went to boarding school at this stage and pro girl boarding school is dramatic it's dramatic on its own level. I, I don't even... It has its own wavelength. Like, it's so dramatic. And unfortunately for me, I didn't understand seniority. Not in the sense that I didn't understand how to respect your elders or older people. Because I was grown... I grew up to know how to respect people but when it came to respecting people who wrong is right i didn't understand that and i got into trouble with that or for that and i mean i so one example was there was a day where a friend of mine got into trouble and i decided to defend her and usually i'm a shy person but this day I opened my mouth to defend her loudly and with so much courage where I, I don't even know where that was from. And 
I got into trouble for that. And the funny thing too was, although I defended this friend, my friend ended up being cool with the senior who was upset with me and made a fuss about it. And I ended up being the one punished and in trouble for defending her. And I mean, when you look at it from my POV, you would, it's like, I just felt like, okay, honestly, honestly, nothing is just going to work for me. I'm just going to keep being hated on. And a lot of things didn't make sense when it came to seniority because people would do funny things. And I mean, as a junior, you're supposed to be okay with it. Like, they would punish you for talking to their boy when you didn't even know that was their boy. Like, funny, funny things. And I really didn't understand it. But I mean, after that one incident where I defended a friend, and it became a major fuss that, like, well, the whole house was against me. And people were making fun of me and laughing at me. And in my face, not behind my back, in my face. I just, I mellowed and I said, never again. I wasn't going to defend anyone. And, I mean, even at that point, even not defending anyone, I just felt like nobody cared enough for me to defend me. Which was the case. Nobody actually defended me. And... Um, again, I just felt like nothing was ever going to work for me. So I hit a wall once again, and I had an inferiority complex until uni. Um, uni was a day-to-day ride on a usual Ghanaian road, but it was at uni that I finally can say that I found happiness by god's grace um i uni was tough but i became happy i mean god i was praying for a very long time for god to heal me from a lot of things because there was unforgiveness growing in my heart i would see someone who hurts me in the past and I'm someone who I can't be fake. Like you see on my face when I I I don't want to like I can't I just can't pretend because if you've hurt me, I'm as much as I'll say hi out of respect, I just don't know how to pretend like you never did what you did. I mean at that time I didn't know how to pretend and so there was a lot of unforgiveness in my heart and I won't go for, like, after school, if there were functions, I would not go because I was just, there was so much hurt in me, and I didn't want to be mixed with a group of people who I knew in their hearts of hearts. If they had, they would have erased me. I wouldn't have gone to school with them and things like that. And um, it was just hard for me to heal and to obey God's command in the sense that God says you should love even when people hate you. I mean, like, I'm like, easier said than done because love, love sounds so simple as a word, but to love someone who has made fun of you and for years, and the funny thing to is some of these boys who used to call me Eric Tango or Malnourished or um, tell me to go and buy a push-up bra that, like, um, fl- 
Bro, the mean things boys used to say, yeah. I I really don't want to get into it because some of them have said sorry. But um <laughs> some there was one day someone was like, Won't I use socks and put it in my bra because I'm too flat like a pancake, blah blah blah. Um <laughs> And God says you should love these kind of people. I mean, it sounds... <laughs> it sounds easy. But it was really not easy. And these boys will come and later on, later on in life, they came, like, two of them that were in this group of boys who, who used to make fun of me. Two of them at different points in my life came to tell me they liked me. And, you know, the funny thing too is... As much as I wanted to bring up the fact that, like, have you forgotten what you used to say to me? I just, I ended up not saying anything. I just laughed about it. Um, so to speak more on the underlining verses, which I said earlier, Proverbs twenty three twenty six just talks about. Um, let me read it. My son, give me your heart. And let your eyes delight in my ways. And it just basically means that it's not easy to heal on your own. If you think you can heal on your own, you can't. I couldn't. I I really needed a lot of time and God's healing for me to see the world as a better place. And um, you, if you are going through anything and you feel like the world is against you or... Or you have a misunderstanding with someone and they just it just spirals out and you don't understand why they're doing this to you, why they're being so petty. Just commit it to God. Like sometimes we remember to pray about the big things when we want a job, when we want money, when we want this, but like little little things we have to commit it to God and ask God that God I'm giving you my heart. Please help me to heal from unforgiveness. Help me to forgive. Help me to as much as the world, people are very interesting and have interesting characters. God should help you be the light as much as you've gone through a lot. And for you to see the world as a better place and let your eyes delight in his ways. And another verse was um, Isaiah forty three eighteen And... Um, I'm now opening it. <laughs> I'm now opening it. But yeah, Isaiah 43, 18 just basically says that forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Um, let me, I think I prefer another version. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it says that the Lord says, do not cling to events of the past. Or dwell on what happened long ago. And I think I'll just add 19. Watch for the new thing I am going to do. It's happening already. You can see it now. I'll make a road through the wilderness. And give you streams of water there. Um, so this verse also basically means that like. God knows that like people would hurt us in this life journey. And we would cling on to things like that. And so he's clearly saying. It literally said by the Lord says, he's clearly saying that do not cling to, he's clearly saying that do not cling to the events of the past. So God knows that there will be moments where 
would be hurt by things and we can't let go it's difficult and we'll dwell on what happened during that time that it is it hinders us from moving forward it it destroys our whole world it takes happiness away from us and and just like move on and watch for god will do a new thing in you and perfect what is imperfect in your eyes and you should just trust him and and commit your ways to him to let him order your steps and yeah you can meditate on these two verses later if you have the time but yeah these two verses i learned of them even later after i had been through all that but it just it really spoke to me and it made me feel better so i'm sharing it with you um so phase two phase two will be based on anxiety and this phase kind of fed off depression um i was afraid of human beings like so afraid especially because of the experiences i had people switched up so easily and being made fun of also didn't help and you know how um and you know how a habit it takes 66 days for a habit to form right so if you if you have been bullied or made fun of for a decade already your mind is ingrained in the thoughts of not in the thoughts but in the thoughts others have um said and you think that okay then i am not enough or i you think that what they see you as is what you are basically and that informs how you act upon it it forms your habits basically and I lost self-confidence, self-esteem. I was drowning in a barrel of anxiety over minor and major things. I didn't know how to come out of it. I was too afraid to even try to be confident in anything. And anxiety and fear is a thief of time. It's not easy to come out of your comfort zone, but you can do it. I mean, if I have done it, I think if you're struggling with any form of anxiety over something you can come out of it and and the times where i have pushed myself and and i have been confident i have done amazing things that sometimes when i look back i'm like is that really me and so don't allow it to limit you try for pick yourself up keep trying don't give up and you know how it may sound corny because like these phrases use failure as a stepping stone um the sky's the limit if you fall pick yourself up things like that you know how people like there are common things that are usually said and you may see it as um far-fetched or as oh it's common so you're just used to hearing it but i think as far as it's a common thing it actually 
like there's meaning to it and um don't give up on yourself also don't be too hard on yourself and you will look up you will look back and be filled with joy that you pushed yourself and we are truly not given the spirit of fear so you have to ask god to help you and he really does you know most of the times we have like a utopian view on how we want god to do things for us and i have been at fault in this as well and i believe god works in wondrous ways and i believe god works in wondrous ways and in overcoming them like fear or anxiety he may give you the space to overcome it he may give you a friend to motivate you just because you've decided to overcome it doesn't mean that time isn't an aspect of that. And as the singles, practice makes perfect. And so with time, you would you would get better. And I... God reminded me of this example of how um, this common Bible story that we hear in Sunday school, David and Goliath, I mean, if you really, really begin to picture it, David was like probably, let me describe David as a nine-year-old boy, although his age wasn't mentioned. He was just mentioned as like the youngest of his siblings, I believe. And um, so imagine, let's imagine like a nine-year-old boy, and we are seeing David, right, is coming against a giant like it the confidence god puts in such a young boy to take a stone and a sling to kill a giant like into today's time in this gen z era imagine okay let's use mario mario and um the rock for those of you who don't know the rock i don't even know i feel like everyone knows the rock but yeah, Mario and the Rock, right? I mean, Mario is animated. But, okay, no, let's use Kevin Hart and the Rock. That is better. They're both human beings. Kevin Hart and the Rock. Imagine Kevin Hart is David, right? The Rock is Goliath. Right. And God tells Kevin Hart to take a stone and a sling to win the fight against the Rock. Now, tell me in this day and age, you won't have a doubt in your mind that, oh God, how, how, how can a stone and a sling help me win this battle? Like, that. that's even how, why I say most of the time, and myself inclusive, we have a utopian view of how God works because God has wondrous ways and different ways and so when we fix our mind on one way of him working in us for his glory we 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 are worrying our own selves because david won the battle in this case kevin hart won the battle right but david to be more specific david won the battle and if you think that god can put that confidence he gave david in you then you have to <laughs> I don't even know what to use, but you just 
really have to reflect and realize that if god can give david confidence then why can't he give you confidence david came against a big ass giant <laughs> you can you can do amazing things when you have god on your side and that's how i've decided to begin to see things so i can get better i can get better and not feel anxious and remember and remind myself that i shouldn't have a logical way of thinking of how god will work to bring the best in me and i i believe same for you um so yeah that's how i have become better with it and even with this podcast like as i said I, or i have been saying it's a personal journey for me because i i am really used to keeping to myself and not letting myself be out there and i'm a very under the wraps person <laughs> you won't know that i am here but i am there like things like that you won't know you barely know anything <laughs> and i just i i when i'm like in social spaces i'm afraid to speak up or to even make friends because i just i at the time i just happened to feel like everybody was against me or i would never ever ever have a true friend but god has blessed me with so many true okay so many is is an exaggeration (laughs) i have countable friends but god has blessed me with true and sincere friends and i am very very grateful for them so which so that brings us to the next phase so phase three is on friendships and this phase is probably going to be on a multiple podcasts because trust me i have (laughs) a whole lot to say this girl right here has been through it but like you can't even begin to (laughs) imagine the interesting human beings i have encountered in this lifetime and myself inclusive i do not want to act like i am righteous or perfect or i haven't done anything wrong i have done a a whole lot of wrongs but there's so much growth in me and I know for sure anyone who sincerely and generally knows me as a person knows I'm a good person and friend. And let me stress on the generally and sincere aspect because people may pretend to know you or may have a fixed image or fixed idea of who you are and just run with it. But for those who sincerely and generally know me as a person know that i'm a good person and yes i just wanted to put it there out there so that it's not like i'm saying this person did this to me da, 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 da. and it's like i don't acknowledge the fact that i also have not been the best person in the past and i mean even in future if i do something wrong i make it some a habit of acknowledging my wrong even if it takes time I would apologize when I'm wrong. I would let take the lesson or experience and work with it. And yeah, I I just wanted to put it out there as a quick disclaimer. 
so on this last phase of this um episode friends can make you or make you let me start from there when your parents say choose your friends wisely stuff are fetched at all and so you need to set healthy boundaries and be careful of who you surround yourself with or make your friends and also not make the mistake of using niceness or proximity as an equator of friendship because everyone can be nice at some point in their life especially when it benefits them but friendship is much more than that and i used to tell my mom like why me like why do people always have to hurt me when i consider them as a friend or sometimes people have imaginary beef with you it's crazy like you breathe problem smile problem everything's a problem and just stay away from such people because i have learned that people project their insecurities onto you or they low-key envy you but they, they themselves they don't realize that that's the issue and they see you more of they see you more as an issue and um just don't let that get to you and remember to just be kind always even when people um disrespect you or look down on your image or degrade you just remember to be kind and to not let that make you feel like you were not a good friend or person to them and um in this era or day and age people use the word friend loosely and so sometimes you just have to be careful of who you let in your circle and um i don't want to talk too much on this friend aspect because that will be in um episodes to come but i just want to say that um i'm still on a journey to find myself i won't even pretend like i'm there because i'm not there yet god is guiding me little by little but i have it's important to acknowledge my growth and i've moved past hating myself i see so much beauty in me not just outer beauty but inner beauty which is much more important to me and um i recently learned that we don't love others just because we want to or when we want to but it's an obligation from god and it's not easy to love at all the word as i said earlier love is a simple word but it's not simple in the act to love means even when your friend classmate colleague hits you it's not for you to say i will show this person this person will see i'm going to be petty and the person will now understand the definition of pettiness from me like (laughs) it's not for you to say certain things like that like that is not what you are supposed to do as a christian the right response is to show love like as i said i've been saying probably more than three times it's easier said than done and i know we all have someone we 
don't like seeing because of the hurt they have caused us. But God is saying in fulfillment of his law, we should love. And love doesn't mean you won't have boundaries. It just means you would be respectful. You will remove hatred from your heart. You will submit to God to heal you, heal you to show you how to effectively show love. Um, so in some God showed me love. He reminded me that I am full of love. I have beautiful gifts. He's brought people to show me love. He's continuously brought people my way to remind you that I am loved. I am special too. I'm too special to let my life go to waste. And let me just chip in um, this verse, Acts 17, 26. It talks about God determining the exact time of your birth and truly truly my due date in the day god prophesied through someone to my parents that I was to be born was different and if this doesn't show that god had a plan or has a plan for me and for you because this verse says he knows when we were to come um then there needs to be an awakening I mean, there has been an awakening for me, but if you feel like you don't, you, you are not supposed to be here, just remember this verse, Acts seventeen twenty six. Amy is like a plus for me because this verse is there, and somebody prophesied to my parents that this is when I'll be born, and not this day that the doctor had said. And um, if you ever, if you've ever been suicidal, I know healing doesn't come easy at or i'm still healing it's a process but you need to reach a point where you see your value so you don't go back to that box of thoughts and you remember that god's love is the greatest and i can't even begin to explain how in spite of all my silliness he loved me he loves me and he will continue to love me and that's the main way i broke out from depression from all the things that were related to unhappiness and how I have seen light at the end of the tunnel. And I continuously remember that there's hope for me. And I want to remind you that there's hope for you and don't be too hard on yourself. God loves you. Baby,